Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden taking the day off today. I know he's busy, but he'll be back next Sunday for the show. We're doing kind of an open line show today. Uh, we have three pharmacists in studio, uh, Shin Kwan, Chris Linder, and Lori Wilhite uh, in studio. Lori's been with us a number of times before. And if you've always wanted to talk to a pharmacist outside of your own and ask uh, various questions, please do by phone or by text today. And as you can see, guys, we have uh, a bunch of both. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Uh, we have folks waiting on the line. Let's get to it. Uh, Alice is calling from Minneapolis first up here. Alice, you're on with the pharmacist. Thank you. Um, yes, I have a question. Uh, I'm normally pretty um, alert, but lately I would say maybe a month and a half. I've been extremely tired, just exhausted. I just want to lay around all the time. I am bipolar and I'm highly medicated, but I take both Abilify and Wellbutrin plus meds for high blood pressure and and high cholesterol. But I'm wondering if I've been the same um, amount for quite some time, and I'm wondering if it would do me well to talk to a pharma- my pharmacist or my doctor. What do you guys think? Yeah, Alice, thanks for thanks for calling, and I'm sorry you haven't been feeling well for the past month or two. Um, you know, your your personal doctors um, know you best, and um, definitely a good idea to talk to your um, pharmacist who has access to your entire medication profile. But um, I don't know about Chris and Shin, but, you know, when I hear about somebody feeling tired and um, in, in bed a lot and they have bipolar, um, you know, one thing to think about is um, maybe you're, you could be feeling depressed and you definitely want to talk to your doctor about that. But um, there could certainly be, you know, some drug interactions or other factors there as well that could be making you feel tired. So, you know, definitely, um, definitely check in with your doctor and and see maybe what's going on. It's kind of a kind of a complicated uh, kind of a complicated issue for you. But I hope you're feeling better soon. Thank you, Alice. Alice, we'll leave that line open at six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Ask the pharmacist is the show today. And our three pharmacists will be here till just about uh, 8.30 this morning. A uh, lot of calls, a lot of texts. Let's see if we can alternate uh, back and forth with, with each. Uh, Laura, you want to read uh, that one? Yeah. A little um, closer. This is a kind of a hot topic right now. Is this it? This caller uh, or this texter is saying, I'm taking Losartan and I'm concerned about reports of carcinogens in this medication. When I've asked my pharmacist about it, they argue me mine is okay, but it worries me. What kind of medication? What's that for? Well, Sartan's a blood pressure medication, and there have been numerous recalls and uh, certain combination products that have Losartan in it. These seem to have been come from China, and th- there have been reports of carcinogens in them. The FDA has taken action and removed the, those products from the market. From our experience, there have only been certain manufacturers and certain lots that have been affected. Whenever a recall comes through, all pharmacies go through their stock and review and make sure they're the lot, not the lot numbers or 
the medications that are involved are not on the shelf. A lot of times we actually are able to go back and review our purchases also and see if we've actually had them in the past. Um, it's, it's a really good question. I can tell you the ones that are on our shelf, and we just still dispense them. It's an excellent medication for blood pressure, have not been affected by the lots or, or by the recalls, the mm-hmm. one we have. And like I said, it's not all manufacturers. Um, the concerns, I think, are, are warranted. And, and, but just keep an eye on the news and look for those lots. And if you're concerned, the other thing is to talk to your doctor. There are other alternatives that certainly are available, but that would be something to talk to your physician about and, it, and, for, and also for some reassurance as well. Makes sense. 651-989-9226, text 81807. Uh, tell you what, let's go to uh, Mark, who's calling in from uh, Rice this morning. Mark, you're on CCO. Good morning. 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 I have a question. Um, my doctor prescribed Genuvia for me. I also take metformin because I'm type 2 diabetic. And when I went into my pharmacist to pick him up after my insurance, it was $900 for 60 days, which I couldn't afford because of my cancer treatment I'm going through. So my sister lives in the tip of Texas, and she went to a pharmacy in Mexico, and she got me 60 days worth for $30. And I just was wondering, what's your take on getting drugs from Mexico? Hmm. All right. Um, this is unfortunately a common question that I ask, not in the sense of um, necessarily going to Mexico. I hear patients who go to Canada or even patients who don't have any means will come to clinic being very upset that they are not able to afford their medication. It it is very unfortunate. I I know everybody has heard a lot on the news how certain medications that are life-saving, that are incredibly expensive, even with insurance, when it's this expensive, you just wonder, people who do not have any insurance, how on earth they're going to ever afford their medication. Um. Just to kind of help out for as a general answer, there are a lot of programs out there that a lot of times we're able to help patients out or find a way to afford their medications. There's often medications we can suggest as an alternative um, to what was prescribed, and that's actually one of the big things that I do in clinic as an ambulatory clinical pharmacist in um and up in health, that's one of my big jobs. I see patients in clinic and help them out with taking their medication. And the biggest thing is that I can't afford medication. Mm-hmm. But to go back to answer um, Mark's question about medications from Mexico, um, I would presume or hope that Mexico has similar processes like FDA and make sure the medications are manufactured in a safe manner and um, they're safe to take. The thing is, is that I just can't endorse that. I just don't know what processes they go through. And so hopefully if the medication is um, the, has the same effect and it's safe to take, but it's just sometimes we have to be very cautious about it. And um, I can't guarantee. But I, I think the best way is if in an ideal situation, if we can find a way to get that medication a lot more cheaper and affordable for you and you can take it in a safe manner, getting it from a pharmacy in the United States would probably be the best approach. Sure would. Chris? And I just wanted to put in a little plug for our pharmacies and our clinics. Um, one of the advantages of going to one pharmacy and clinics is that a lot of times we're able to work with the providers and find alternatives and or there are uh, 
people that are specifically designated to help patients find ways to pay for their medication. And I think that's one of the uh, great advantages we have at Hennepin, and uh, I just want to throw that two cents in there. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. In case you're just joining us, we have three pharmacists in studio. Lori Wilhite, who's been with us a number of times, Chris Lindner and uh, his wife, Shin. Uh, we're, uh, and you, you guys said you have a six-year-old? Yes. Now, you think she's listening this morning? Um, I don't think she's up this early. It's Sunday morning after all. I'm actually expecting a call any second now about uh, <laughs> about her gummy vitamins. We'll see. <laughs> Very good. All right, this is an Ask the Pharmacist show, and uh, our pharmacist guests will be here till uh, just about 8.30 this morning. So call in your uh, questions for the pharmacist or send a text. We have a bunch of those. But I'll tell you what, before we grab more text messages, folks have been hanging on the line uh, Linda is one of them. Uh, Linda, go ahead, Linda. You're on CCO. Yes. My daughter is a single and is, has a four-year-old. She lives in another state. But the doctor put her on Prozac for depression, and um, she has had suicidal thoughts. And I think, is that a side effect of Prozac? To make Okay. What do you guys think? Well, um, Linda, I'm, I'm sorry your daughter is going through that. That sounds very difficult. Um, she should, um, you know, immediately speak to her provider, whoever prescribed the Prozac for her. Um, you know, it, the issue of suicidality and antidepressants is kind of a controversial one. Um, uh, and it can be difficult to tease out because, of course, um, suicidal thoughts are a symptom of depression as well. So um, there's a number of good you know, crisis lines and so forth that um, uh, your daughter could speak with um, if she's feeling suicidal or best thing is to just go to the emergency department and be evaluated um, and then definitely speak to her provider about um, about her feelings on that. But I would not at all assume that it's from the Prozac. You know, many times, not only Dr. Hilden, but other MDs have applauded uh, pharmacists who have said, especially Dr. Hilden, who has said he's you people have saved him on a number of times. How do you, first of all, how do you keep track of all these medications and how do you keep up with all the changes? I'm always amazed with that. You know, I, I have to confess that um, my kind of my mission in life as a pharmacist has always been a lot of us actually focus on particular practice areas. So um, Chris has to know everything because he what he's in a community pharmacy and he might get any kind of question, any sort of patient, walk up to um, his pharmacy and ask. Shin as well works in an internal medicine clinic, so she has a very wide range of expertise um, when it comes to adult medicine. Um, For myself, my big mission in life is really um, pain and opioid safety and toxicology, so it's much easier for me to keep up. But um, I don't know, Shin, how how do you keep up with the literature and new drugs and I'm going to be honest with you. I openly tell my patients I know what I know, and a lot of times I do. And I, if I don't know anything about a new medication, um, I either look them up, and patients are often who um, brings those up. Have you seen this new medication on television? Or um, uh, I do try to attend CEs. I, I do learn from our residents. But uh, what I pride myself at is um, knowing what resources to look up. So sure. if I don't know, I tell my patients, I don't know, but I'm going to look up this great drug database or this new literature 
I'll read about it and I'll let you know about it. I want to know how Chris knows everything. I, I think that's, uh, I want to find out his secret. It's called being old and having lots of wisdom. <laughs> um, but really the role of the pharmacist is to dispense prescriptions and to check the dose that we're giving the right dose to the right patient for the right indication. That's what we do and that's what our job is. You know, you asked me earlier about what's changed in pharmacy. Yeah. The other thing is back when I started, um, we only had four drugs. And uh, it's, uh, it's kind of gotten a little more since then. But one of the reference we use, used to use was the PDR, which it, I don't even know if it exists anymore. I'm sure it's still out there. And the amount of resources online and the things that are available to us to look up to look up studies and to look up just drug information is right at our fingertips. And as Shin rightly pointed out, it's good to know what you know. And if you don't know it, you just have to know where to look. And I think that's uh, the key to a good pharmacist. Very good. I tell you what, hang on. We're going to take a quick break here, but still inviting our listeners to join in on the conversation. Folks on the line, stay there. Uh, And textures, we have a bunch of those to answer as well. Uh, This uh, show this morning with Dr. Hilden uh, taking the day off, uh, inviting your calls or your texts, Ask the Pharmacist. That is our show today. It's your opportunity to ask our guests your uh, your questions. 651-989-9226. The line is open if you want to fill it. Uh, I urge you to do so. 651-989-9226. Or send a text. Boy, we'll grab some more of those. 81807. Light rain in the Twin Cities probably at our high for today. CCO Temp, 45. Good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden taking the day off today. Danny Long here. We have three pharmacists in studio. That's our topic today, allowing you to ask the pharmacist your question, either by phone or by text. And in studio for just joining us, Laurie Wilhite, Chris Lindner, and Shin Kwan with us in studio helping you out. And I'll tell you what, let's, let's see if we can't pick up a couple of text messages. Then we'll get back to the phones, I promise. Uh, please talk about Texture says the drug tramadol. It was prescribed, but the side effects seem so scary. I don't dare try it. Uh, what do you uh, What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm so glad that someone um, asked a question about tramadol because it's one of my least favorite medications. It and again, talk to your doctor. It might be the right, right medication for you. But um, tramadol's uh, medication for pain. Um, it's a uh, a weak opioid, so it does fall into that um, same family of drugs as oxycodone and Vicodin and Percocet and morphine. Um, it um, also has some other effects to it. It affects other brain chemicals so that one thing I don't like about it is that um, it can have a fair number of drug interactions with, say, antidepressants and other medication Um, different people metabolize it differently. So depending upon how your body breaks it down, um, it may be more or less effective and also might hit you more in terms of some of those other brain chemicals and drug interactions. And then um, when people misuse or abuse it, it can cause seizures and make people really sick. So um, yeah, it's, it definitely has some liabilities um, um, and not my favorite pain medication. I just want to add on one thing because I see this quite often with my patients in clinic. And this is not specifically just to tramadol, but 
If you ever get one of those drug information sheets from the pharmacy and you see all the side effects listed on the internet, it can be pretty scary and you almost wonder, why on earth did my doctor prescribe this to me? I want to assure people most drugs are pretty safe as long as you take it as prescribed. And the side effects are reported because there are some people who do definitely develop the side effects and they want you to be aware of it. But anytime a provider uh, prescribes the medications, they're always looking at what does this medication do to my patient? How is it going to benefit it? And is the potential risk of that small side effect or the, the small risk of the side effect going to be um, really a big, huge concern. They always weigh that risk versus benefit before they prescribe it. So if you have any concerns, I think that's definitely something worth talking to your um, provider or your pharmacist about to learn more about it. And um, hopefully that will assure you that the doctor's not trying to kill you with all those side (laughs) effects. They just want to help you out. can be pretty overwhelming when you start reading it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Barbara's calling in with a question uh, for you. Uh, go ahead, Barbara. We're listening. Yes, I had. Um, uh, I was diagnosed with AFib a couple years ago and ended up with a pacemaker. And the medication I I had to take, or I've been, I am taking, um, caused me a side effect of um, oh, this overall feeling of being over medicated. And I've been taking blood pressure meds since, well, for 50 years. And <clears throat> I feel over-medicated, and I doctored myself by um, trying to find out what medication was causing that horrible feeling. Okay, but I don't think she mentioned the medication at all. What was, uh, what was the issue? Uh, Barbara, Barbara, what was uh, what was the medication that uh, you were on for uh, uh, your AFib and the, the pacemaker? Yeah. Eliquis, um, amlodipine, and metropolol. But- okay, no, Eliquis is a blood thinner, right? Yeah. And what, what were the other two? Um, metropolol is a... Metoprolol is a medication for blood pressure as well, but in her case, I assume it is for heart rate control. A lot of people who have AFib or atrial fibrillation tend to have a really fast heart rate. And then amlodipine um, likely is for high blood pressure, is my guess. Um, A lot of times if patients feel like they're over-medicated, I strongly encourage them to meet with a pharmacist and I'm not going to brag, but I'm going to brag at Hennepin Health Care. We have quite a few ambulatory clinical pharmacists that can help patients review their medications, and that's a great opportunity to review each and every medication, make sure they're appropriate for that person, they have a good indication, they are effective in controlling whatever condition that they have without causing side effects, and um, it is convenient for the patient to take. I think... Barbara would really benefit from something like that. Um, I don't know all of Barbara's conditions, so just by hearing those three medications, it's hard for me to say she is over-medicated. It does seem appropriate from what I can hear because um, you would definitely want a medication that controls your blood pressure, controls your heart rate, and then atrial fibrillation. A lot of people are at higher risk of having a clot, so you would have a blood thinner. 
Um, but I, I think she would, Barbara would definitely benefit mm-hmm. if she ever has a chance to talk with the pharmacist or her provider about um, her medications and review them. That would be great. So Shin, then she should um, talk to her doctor or maybe call her health system or clinic and say, I'd like to meet with a medication therapy management pharmacist. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if she is interested in uh, meeting with a pharmacist at Hennepin Healthcare, um, we have a specific number that we ask patients to call at um, 612-873-2195. And um, you will be helped with making an appointment to meet with a pharmacist to talk about your medications. And so a pharmacist like Shen can sit down with you for an entire hour and you bring all your pills to the appointment, bring all your pill boxes. You know, um, we can get rid of um, unwanted or unused medications for you by directing you to our medication disposal kiosk at our pharmacy. She can go through ways to um, help you um, remember to take your medication, talk about pill boxes and other what we call adherence tools, and then communicate with your doctor, too, about, you know, maybe there are some medications here that um, that we should that we should reconsider or look at. So, yeah, ask for a medication therapy management pharmacist visit. Well, everybody hang on. We have another half hour of the show to go. First one down, call us or text us. Uh, this morning we're uh, allowing you to ask the pharmacist here on CCO. Right now in the Twin Cities, still raining, and it's still 45 degrees here in the Twin Cities. And good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden taking the day off today. I know he's busy, but he'll be back next Sunday for the show. We're doing kind of an open line show today. Uh, we have three pharmacists in studio, uh, Shin Kwan, Chris Linder, and Lori Wilhite uh, in studio. Lori's been with us a number of times before. And if you've always wanted to talk to a pharmacist outside of your own and ask uh, various questions, please do by phone or by text today. And as you can see, guys, we have uh, a bunch of both. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Uh, we have folks waiting on the line. Let's get to it. Uh, Alice is calling from Minneapolis first up here. Alice, you're on with the pharmacist. Thank you. Um, yes, I have a question. Uh, I'm normally pretty um, alert, but lately I would say maybe a month and a half. I've been extremely tired, just exhausted. I just want to lay around all the time. I am bipolar and I'm highly medicated, but I take both Abilify and Wellbutrin plus meds for high blood pressure and and high cholesterol. But I'm wondering if I've been the same um, amount for quite some time, and I'm wondering if it would do me well to talk to a pharma- my pharmacist or my doctor. What do you guys think? Yeah, Alice, thanks for, thanks for calling, and I'm sorry you haven't been feeling well for the past month or two. Um, you know, your your personal doctors um, know you best and um, definitely a good idea to talk to your um, pharmacist who has access to your entire medication profile. But um, I don't know about Chris and Shin, but, you know, when I hear about somebody feeling tired and um, in, in bed a lot and they have bipolar, um, you know, one thing to think about is um, maybe you could be feeling depressed and you definitely want to talk to your doctor about that. But um, there could certainly be, you know, some drug interactions or other factors there as well that could be making you feel tired. So, you know, definitely, um, definitely check in with your doctor and and see maybe what's going on. It's kind of a 
kind of a complicated uh, kind of a complicated issue for you, but I hope you're feeling better soon. Thank you, Alice. Alice will leave that line open at 651-989-9226. Ask the Pharmacist is the show today, and our three pharmacists will be here till just about uh, 8.30 this morning. A uh, lot of calls, a lot of texts. Let's see if we can alternate uh, back and forth with, with each. Uh, Laura, you want to read uh, that one? Yeah. Or, yeah a little um, closer. This is a kind of a hot topic right now. This this caller uh, or this texter is saying, I'm taking Losartan and I'm concerned about reports of carcinogens in this medication. When I've asked my pharmacist about it, they argue me mine is okay, but it worries me. What kind of medication? What's that for? Losartan's a blood pressure medication, and there have been numerous recalls and uh, certain combination products that have Losartan in it. These seem to have been come from China, and there have been reports of carcinogens in them. The FDA has taken action and removed those products from the market. From our experience, there have only been certain manufacturers and certain lots that have been affected. Whenever a recall comes through, all pharmacies go through their stock and review and make sure they're not the lot numbers or the medications that are involved are not on the shelf. A lot of times we actually are able to go back and review our purchases also and see if we've actually had them in the past. Um, it's it's a really good question. I can tell you the ones that are on our shelf, and we just still dispense them. It's an excellent medication for blood pressure, have not been affected by the lots or, or by the recalls, the mm-hmm. one we have. And like I said, it's not all manufacturers. Um, the concerns, I think, are are warranted and and. But just keep an eye on the news and look for those lots. And if you're concerned, the other thing is to talk to your doctor. There are other alternatives that certainly are available, but that would be something to talk to your physician about and it, it and, for, and also for some reassurance as well. Makes sense. 651-989-9226. Text 81807. Uh, tell you what, let's go to uh, Mark, who's calling in from uh, Rice this morning. Mark, you're on CCO. Good morning. 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 I have a question. Um, my doctor prescribed Genuvia for me. I also take metformin because I'm type 2 diabetic. And when I went into my pharmacist to pick them up after my insurance, it was $900 for 60 days, which I couldn't afford because of my cancer treatment I'm going through. So my sister lives in the tip of Texas, and she went to a pharmacy in Mexico, and she got me 60 days worth for $30. And I just was wondering, what's your take on getting drugs from Mexico? Hmm. All right. Um, this is unfortunately a common question that I ask, not in the sense of um, necessarily going to Mexico. I hear patients who go to Canada or even patients who don't have any means will come to clinic being very upset that they are not able to afford their medication it is very unfortunate. I know everybody has heard a lot on the news how certain medications that are life-saving, that are incredibly expensive, even with insurance, when it's this expensive, you just wonder, people who do not have any insurance, how on earth they're going to ever afford their medication. Um, just to kind of help out for as a general answer, there are a lot of programs out there that a lot of times we're able to help patients out or find a way to afford their medications. There's often medications we can suggest as an alternative um, to what was prescribed, and that's actually one of the big things that I do in clinic as an ambulatory clinical pharmacist in um, 
kind of been health. That's one of my big jobs. I see patients in clinic and help them out with taking their medication. And the biggest thing is that I can't afford medication. Mm. But to go back to answer um, Mark's question about medications from Mexico, um, I would presume or hope that Mexico has similar processes like FDA and make sure the medications are manufactured in a safe manner and um, they're safe to take. The thing is, is that I just can't endorse that. I just don't know what processes they go through. And so hopefully if the medication is um, the has the same effect and safe to take, but it's just sometimes we have to be very cautious about it. And um, I can't guarantee, but I, I think the best way is if in an ideal situation, if we can find a way to get that medication a lot more cheaper and affordable for you and you can take it in a safe manner, getting it from a pharmacy in the United States would probably be the best approach. Sure would. Chris? And I just wanted to put in a little plug for our pharmacies and our clinics. Um, one of the advantages of going to one pharmacy and clinics is that a lot of times we're able to work with the providers and find alternatives and or there are uh, uh, people that are specifically designated to help patients find ways to pay for their medication. And I think that's one of the uh, great advantages we have at Hennepin and uh, I just want to throw that two cents in there. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. In case you're just joining us, we have three pharmacists in studio. Lori Wilhite, who's been with us a number of times, Chris Lindner and uh, his wife, Shin. Uh, we're, uh, and you, you guys said you have a six-year-old? Yes. Now, you think she's listening this morning? Um, I don't think she's up this early. It's Sunday morning <laughs> after all. I'm actually expecting a call any second now about, uh, <laughs> about her gummy vitamins. We'll see. <laughs> Very good. All right, this is an Ask the Pharmacist show. And uh, our pharmacist guest will be here till uh, just about 8.30 this morning. So call in your uh, questions for the pharmacist or send a text. We have a bunch of those. But I'll tell you what, before we grab more text messages, folks have been hanging on the line. Uh, Linda is one of them. Uh, Linda, go ahead, Linda. You're on CCO. Yes. My daughter is a single and is, has a four-year-old. She lives in another state. But the doctor put her on Prozac for depression. And um, she has had suicidal thoughts, and I think is that a side effect of Prozac to make? Okay, what do you guys think? Well, um, Linda, I'm I'm sorry your daughter is going through that. That sounds very difficult. Um, she should, um, you know, immediately speak to her provider, whoever prescribed the Prozac for her. Um, you know it. The issue of suicidality and antidepressants is kind of a controversial one, um, uh, and it can be difficult to tease out because, of course, um, suicidal thoughts are a symptom of depression as well. So um, there's a number of good you know, crisis lines and so forth that um, uh, your daughter could speak with um, if she's feeling suicidal, or best thing is to just go to the emergency department and be evaluated. Um, and then definitely speak to her provider about um, about her feelings on that. But I would not at all assume that it's from the Prozac. You know, many times, not only Dr. Hilden, but other MDs have applauded uh, pharmacists who have said, especially Dr. Hilden, who has said, he's, you people have saved him on a number of times. <laughs> how do you, first of all, how do you keep track of all these medications and how do you keep up with all the changes? I'm always amazed with that. You know, I, I have to confess that, um, 
my kind of my mission in life as a pharmacist has always been a lot of us actually focus on particular practice areas. So um, Chris has to know everything because he what he's in a community pharmacy and he might get any kind of question, any sort of patient walk up to um, his pharmacy and ask. Shin as well works in an internal medicine clinic, so she has a very wide range of expertise um, when it comes to adult medicine. Um, for myself, my big mission in life is really um, pain and opioid safety and toxicology. So it's much easier for me to keep up. But um, I don't know, Shin. How do you how do you keep up with the literature and new drugs? And I'm going to be honest with you. I openly tell my patients I know what I know, and a lot of times I do. And I, if I don't know anything about a new medication, um, I either look them up, and patients are often who um, brings those up. Have you seen this new medication on television? Or um, uh, I do try to attend CEs. I, I do learn from our residents. But uh, what I pride myself in is um, knowing what resources to look up. So sure. if I don't know, I tell my patients, I don't know, but I'm going to look up this great drug database or this new literature I'll read about it and I'll let you know about it. I want to know how Chris knows everything. I, I think that's, uh, I want to find out his secret. It's called being old and having lots of wisdom. Um, but really the role of the pharmacist is to dispense prescriptions and to check the dose that we're giving the right dose to the right patient for the right indication. That's what we do and that's what our job is. You know, you asked me earlier about what's changed in pharmacy. Yeah. The other thing is back when I started, um, we only had four drugs, and uh, it's, it, uh, it's kind of gotten a little more since then. But one of the reference we use, used to use was the PDR, which it, I don't even know if it exists anymore. I'm sure it's still out there. And the amount of resources online and the things that are available to us to look up to look up studies and to look up just drug information is right at our fingertips. And as Shin rightly pointed out, it's good to know what you know. And if you don't know it, you just have to know where to look. And I think that's uh, the key to a good pharmacist. Very good. I tell you what, hang on. We're going to take a quick break here, but still inviting our listeners to join in on the conversation. Folks on the line, stay there. Uh, and textures, we have a bunch of those to answer as well. Uh, this uh, show this morning with Dr. Hilden uh, taking the day off, uh, inviting your calls or your texts, Ask the Pharmacist. That is our show today. It's your opportunity to ask our guests your uh, your questions. 651-989-9226. A line is open if you want to fill it. Uh, I urge you to do so. 651-989-9226. Or send a text. Boy, we'll grab some more of those. 81807. Light rain in the Twin Cities probably at our high for today. CCO Temp, 45. Good morning. Welcome back to Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden taking the day off today. Denny Long here. We have three pharmacists in studio. That's our topic today, allowing you to ask the pharmacist your question, either by phone or by text. And in studio for just joining us, Laurie Wilhite, Chris Lindner, and Shin Kwan with us in studio helping you out. And I'll tell you what, let's, let's see if we can't pick up a couple of text messages. Then we'll get back to the phones, I promise. Uh, please talk about, Texter says, the drug tramadol. It was prescribed, but the side effects seem so scary. I don't dare try it. Uh, what do you uh, What do you guys think? Yeah, 
uh, I'm so glad that someone um, asked a question about tramadol because it's one of my least favorite medications. It, and again, talk to your doctor. It might be the right, right medication for you. But um, tramadol's a medication for pain. Um, it's a, a weak opioid, so it does fall into that um, same family of drugs as oxycodone and Vicodin and Percocet and morphine. Um, it um, also has some other effects to it. It affects other brain chemicals so that one thing I don't like about it is that um, it can have a fair number of drug interactions with, say, antidepressants and other medication. Um, different people metabolize it differently. So depending upon how your body breaks it down, um, it may be more or less effective and also might hit you more in terms of some of those other brain chemicals and drug interactions and then um, when people misuse or abuse it, it can cause seizures and make people really sick. So, um, yeah, it's it definitely has some liabilities um, um, and not my favorite pain medication. I just want to add on one thing because I see this quite often with my patients in clinic. And this is not specifically just to tram at all, but... If you ever get one of those drug information sheets from the pharmacy and you see all the side effects listed on the Internet, it can be pretty scary. And you almost wonder, why on earth did my doctor prescribe this to me? Mm -hmm. Um, I want to assure people most drugs are pretty safe as long as you take it as prescribed. And the side effects are reported because there are some people who do definitely develop the side effects and they want you to be aware of it. But anytime a provider uh, prescribes the medications, they're always looking at what does this medication do to my patient? How is it going to benefit it? And is the potential risk of that small side effect or the the small risk of the side effect going to be really a big, huge concern? They always weigh that risk versus benefit before they prescribe it. So if you have any concerns, I think that's definitely something worth talking to your um, provider or your pharmacist about to learn more about it. And um, hopefully that will assure you that the doctor's not trying to kill you with all those side effects. (laughs) They just want to help you out. can be pretty overwhelming when you start reading it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's go back to the phones. Barbara's calling in with a question uh, for you. Uh, Go ahead, Barbara. We're listening. Yes, I had... um, uh, I was diagnosed with AFib a couple of years ago and ended up with a pacemaker. And the medication I I had to take, or I've been, I am taking, um, caused me a side effect of um, oh this overall feeling of being over medicated. And I've been taking blood pressure meds since well for 50 years, and <clears throat> I feel over medicated. And I doctored myself by um, trying to find out what medication was causing that horrible feeling. Okay, but I don't think she mentioned the medication at all. What was uh, what was the issue, uh, Barbara? Barbara, what was uh, what was the medication that uh, you were on for uh, uh, your AFib and the, the pacemaker? Yeah. Eliquis, um, amlodipine. And metropolol. But- okay, noelicus is a blood thinner, right? Yeah. And what, what were the other two? Um, metropolol is a. Metropolol is a medication for blood pressure as well, but in her case, I assume it is for heart rate control. 
a lot of people who have AFib or atrial fibrillation tend to have a really fast heart rate. And then amlodipine um, likely is for high blood pressure, is my guess. Um, a lot of times if pe- patients feel like they're over-medicated, um, I strongly encourage them to meet with a pharmacist. And I'm not going to brag, but I'm going to brag at Hennepin Health Care. We have quite a few ambulatory clinical pharmacists that can help Patients review their medications, and that's a great opportunity to review each and every medication, make sure they're appropriate for that person, they have a good indication, they are effective in controlling whatever condition that they have without causing side effects, and um, it is convenient for the patient to take. I think Barbara would really benefit from something like that. Um, I don't know all of Barbara's conditions, so just by hearing those three medications, it's hard for me to say she is over-medicated. It does seem appropriate from what I can hear because um, you would definitely want a medication that controls your blood pressure, controls your heart rate, and then atrial fibrillation, a lot of people at higher risk of having a clot, so you would have a blood thinner. Um, but I, I think she would, Barbara would definitely benefit if mm-hmm. she ever has a chance to talk with the pharmacist or her provider about um, her medications and review them. That would be great. So, Shin, then she should um, talk to her doctor or maybe call her health system or clinic and say, I'd like to meet with a medication therapy management pharmacist. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if she is interested in uh, meeting with a pharmacist at Hennepin Healthcare, um, we have a specific number that we ask patients to call at um, 612-873-2195. And um, you will be helped with making an appointment to meet with a pharmacist to talk about your medications. And so a pharmacist like Shen can sit down with you for an entire hour. And you bring all your pills to the appointment, bring all your pill boxes. You know, um, we can get rid of um, unwanted or unused medications for you by directing you to our medication disposal kiosk at our pharmacy. She can go through ways to um, help you um, remember to take your medication, talk about pill boxes and other what we call adherence tools, and then communicate with your doctor, too, about, you know, maybe there are some medications here that, um, that, we, should, that we should reconsider or look at. So. Yeah, ask for a medication therapy management pharmacy visit. Well, everybody hang on. We have another half hour of the show to go. First one down, call us or text us. Uh, This morning we're uh, allowing you to ask the pharmacist here on CCO. Right now in the Twin Cities, still raining, and it's still 45 degrees here in the Twin Cities. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin Healthcare a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Denny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin Healthcare with more Healthy Matters. And good morning. Welcome to this portion of Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden is taking the day off today. He'll be back next week this morning. You're having the chance to ask the pharmacist. It's kind of our uh, version of uh, an open line show today. And we have uh, a lot of callers. We have a lot of text messages to to, uh, answer as well. 
Uh, Lori Wilhite's back with us. Uh, she's been, was it five uh, times you've been here now? This is my fifth time Number on the five. show. Lori's a clinical pharmacist and certified specialist in poison information whose practice area interests include pain management, psychiatry, and toxicology. She completed a geriatric pharmacotherapy fellowship at the University of Minnesota and Hennepin Healthcare. Been practicing medication therapy management at the Conservative Management Center since uh, 2011. And who did you bring with you today? I brought with me two longtime friends and colleagues, uh, Chris Lintner, who's a pharmacist and uh, pharmacy supervisor at our St. Anthony Clinic Pharmacy, and um, Shen Kwan, who's a medication therapy management pharmacist and community pharmacist um, uh, downtown here at the Clinic and Specialty Center. And we found out a couple of things. Uh, Not only are uh, Chris and Shen married, (laughs) but that Chris knows everything. (laughs) let's turn on your mic there except when at home Um, (laughs) um, I know very little at home it happens there too (laughs) I understand believe me but we we have uh, we're so so grateful that uh, the the three of them are in studio because we have tons of callers and as many uh, text messages as well Um, there's one that uh, we were talking uh, Lori and I were talking earlier that came in uh, shingles. We always get questions about the shingles shot. What's the status? Texter says the availability of that. Anybody want to respond to that? Well, I can. Oh, go ahead, Shin. Um, well, um, the new shing- I'm assuming the patient is or the, the texter is referring to the new Shingrix vaccine, which became very popular um, compared to the previous shingles vaccine Um Zostavax that we had before, it's known to have better immunogenicity, meaning that you get better immune response to it. Um, Unfortunately, with um, the gain of popularity, the manufacturer hasn't been really able to keep up with the production. Uh, Vaccines are not as easy to make as um, like a pill medication. So we're still struggling a little bit to get the stock. Um, at Hennepin Healthcare, I know high-risk patients have access to it at this time, and we're hoping that we can um, get some more in before we can um, open it up to the general public who qualify for it. I, I do know that some other clinics have it outside of Hennepin Healthcare. Um, pharmacies have it. It's always a good um, idea to call ahead, like before you call your local pharmacy. Um, whether they can give you the vaccine or not. Uh, but I think a lot of places are still um, somewhat struggling more than they wish they could and provide the vaccines that is necessary for everybody. I know Mr. Wilhite and I have been on the waiting list at Walgreens for six months. Um, and both Chris and I, I won't reveal our age, but <laughs> we, we both should be vaccinated against this. And um, even with all of our connections, we haven't been able to get it, right, Chris? About that. <laughs> and some of us are a little more worry of needles than others. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what, we have folks waiting on the line. Let's uh, let's talk to Catherine calling from Blaine. Catherine, we're all listening. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a question about pharmaceutical technicians. I am, I've gone through the university. It's called the Pharmaceutical University uh, Institution. On uh, Pharmaceutical Technicians University, I'm sorry. Um, Anyway, I have gone through there. I am a registered pharmaceutical technician. But the whole thing is, is I'm 70 years old. 
and I want to get into that tech, you know, into that uh, business. And I'm just really frustrated by why it's so hard for people to get into that, especially at my age. I mean, I think that something that at my age, even my age, I'm very active. I, I work out like five to six times a week and, um, and, you know, do a lot of things. I'm very active. So why is it so hard for me to get into that? What do you guys, do you have an opinion of that, uh, anybody? So uh, first off, pharmacy technicians, uh, we have some great technicians. I work with a great technician at uh, my pharmacy in St. Anthony. Uh, they really help take the load off and help make our job easier so that we can focus on the patient. As far as specific question, I, I, I can't give you a good answer for that. I know that uh, Hennepin Healthcare, there are always job openings. So I would encourage her to go to the HCMC website, uh, look for job opportunities, and certainly uh, put in a resume. And, uh, and that's the best I can, I can say. All right. I tell you what, Gary in Odessa has been waiting. Uh, Gary, what is your question? Gary? Hi. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to call him about the opioid thing. I had a bad situation. A real close friend of mine overdosed on opioids. I was just wondering if there's any way we can kind of help regulate it. You know, I seen a lady the other day at the pharmacy. She had a pill, pull up pill. So I'm just going to say, could you get, you know, the light might come on if you know they're taking too much medication. All right, big, big story, big topic. Yeah, I'd be happy to speak to that. I could speak for an hour about that. I know I don't have that much time, but yeah, um, opioids have been um, a very difficult problem in our society, right? Um, it took us probably 20 years to get into this crisis, and maybe 20 years is what it's going to take for us to get out. Um, in terms of what of what people can do, um, number one, try to stay off opioids if you can. If you have low back pain, knee pain, what have you, um, lose weight, um, stay active. Um, try not to get started using opioids would be one of my big pieces of advice. Physical therapy, massage, chiropractic, acupunctures, acupuncture, um, acetaminophen, you know, uh, ibuprofen. Um, try to do what you can. Um, if you need to be on opioids, use it for the shortest duration possible. Make sure you get rid of any extra pills that you have at home um, by taking it to a medication disposal kiosk or um, controlled substances uh, don't belong anywhere in the home if you're not using them or don't need them. Um, keep your uh, all your uh, medication locked up um, so that children and other people don't have access to it. And then I would also encourage anyone um, maybe who's concerned about a family member or takes high doses of pain medicine themselves to go to your pharmacy and um, or even call. Um, call your pharmacist and say, could you please get a uh, prescription for Narcan nasal spray ready for me? And then go and pick it up at your pharmacy. Um, naloxone is the life-saving antidote to opioid overdose. Um, it's a nasal spray. Anybody can, um, anybody can give it. Um, and it's something that should be a widely available in the community. I carry it in my briefcase myself just in case I would come across someone who might need it. Um, I hope that answered your question. There's a lot There's a lot to cover there. It is. Thanks, Gary. Uh, I bet you guys get asked this question a lot. What's your opinion of taking a low-dose aspirin as a preventative? Something good for your heart. 
Um, what do you I, think? As a pharmacist who works in primary care, I think I get that question a lot. And um, I wish I could say it's yes or no, and it unfortunately is not that easy. A lot of times what we try to look at is what is your potential risk of potentially having a stroke or a heart attack down the road. And that really requires us to know your health conditions. Do you have high blood pressure, like high cholesterol? Do you have diabetes? Are you a smoker? That um, really goes back to uh, your provider or your um, primary care doctor to sit down and discuss, is the aspirin worth it or is it something that I should definitely be on? Um, I wish I could have a answer. Yes, everybody should be on it, but I can tell you that is not the truth. So everybody's different. I know that Dr. Hilden wrote Mm -hmm. a nice um, blog, um, something on his Healthy Matters blog about aspirin. Um, So I would direct you there. But I think they're saying now a lot of healthy people over the age of 70 that aspirin probably doesn't benefit you. But definitely talk to your doctor about that. And I know we have to head to a quick break, but uh, tell us a little bit about the what's the Doors Open Minneapolis all about? Yeah. So Doors Open Minneapolis is a really cool event happening in Minneapolis this weekend. There's something like 100 public buildings that are open, um, including our clinic and specialty center downtown here. Um, uh, We're on 8th Street, just right across from the emergency department entrance here downtown from the hospital. And from 10 to 5 today, you can come to our beautiful new clinic, which is full of gorgeous works of art, free parking right underneath the building, um, cool activities, tours. Um, I'd encourage you to come downtown and um, check out our clinic and specialty center. And there's lots of other downtown buildings that are worth visiting as well. I was there again. That is a gorgeous building. Isn't yeah. it beautiful? Oh, I love it. It yeah. really is. If you, haven't, if you haven't seen it, you really should check it it's out. It's kind of, I don't want to diminish it to a one-stop shopping, but, I mean, you could get a lot of care taken care of oh, definitely. in that one building. Yeah. Yes, All right. yes. All right, I'll tell you what. Quick break is in order. We have more show to come. We have callers. We have texters. Ask the pharmacist this morning here on Healthy Matters here in 830 WCCO. 45 degrees, still raining. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden taking the day off today. We're talking, and you are, either text by text or by phone, with the three pharmacists from Hennepin, Laurie Wilhite, Chris Littner, and uh, Shin Kwan with us, uh, helping us out. We could probably do, <laughs> as you can see, Laurie, about another three or four days here. Uh, there's a question I think is interesting that came in by text. Do medications really expire? <laughs> that's a complicated question isn't it so i look i look at medicaid you know whether it's aspirin or tylenol yeah. or whatever and i thought holy mackerel 2016 yeah you know as, as pharmacists of course we have to say yes medications do expire there is some loss of potency um so you should pay attention to the expiration dates on um on your medication and not use them if expired i know there's been um there have been some medications that have been studied. For example, I mentioned naloxone or Narcan. Um, they've shown that um, that medication has been expired sometimes for 10 or 20 years sitting around in an old ambulance and is still at like 95% potency. And so if it's an emergency situation, like with the naloxone, that's a situation as a pharmacist where I'll say, if the only, if the only thing you have at home is an expired EpiPen or an expired Narcan and it's a life-threatening situation, use it. But... Otherwise, um, try not to use expired medication. And let me say a quick word about medication storage. It, when I grew up, all our medications were, was in the medicine chest in the bathroom. 
It's absolutely the worst place to store Why is that? Because, you know, you take showers, there's humidity, there's changes in temperature. The best place to store your medication is a, is a, a dry place with a kind of a constant temperature, a kitchen or something like that. So the bathroom is the worst place to store your medication. Right. A lot of humidity there. Yep, and, yep. And, and high, locked, higher temperatures. Yeah. Locked off if possible. Good idea. Yeah. All right, I tell you what, let's, uh, there's a question. We have so many. What should you do, Texter says, if you accidentally take an extra dose of your prescription medication? Well, that's an easy one. Um, Beings we all three used to work at the Poison Control Center, uh, you should call the Poison Control Center, and that number is 1-800-222-1222. The people that work the phone there are amazing. They have an incredible amount of experience, and they'll be able to help you. Many of these can be... uh, managed at home, but it's always good to talk to somebody who is familiar with it and can guide you through that. All right. Back to the phones we go. Frank is calling from St. Paul. Frank, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yeah, it's been, it been more than 45 minutes I've been waiting on. Uh, here it is. I have a two simple question, you know, uh, not two, but uh, you know, related to each other. My wife has severe psoriasis. She's taking, you know, metotrexate. And uh, 2.5 milligram and uh, six pills a week. Uh, that causes her, uh, you know, depression. So she was prescribed, you know, fluoxety. And uh, now taking fluoxety, she's complaining that she doesn't have any taste in the mouth. And I asked the doctor, doctor says she will check uh, with the pharmacologist and 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 get us back. You know, she never did. So what is, does it cause a metotrexate, cause, you know, um, a depression, and, you know, fluoxetine cause a loose taste. What do you think? Thank you, Frank. So to summarize, it sounds like your wife was on methotrexate for psoriasis and um, happened to develop depression, and she was prescribed fluoxetine for that, and she feels like she can't taste anything. Um, I don't believe methotrexate, that there's any evidence that it causes depression. I'm glad that she talked to her doctor about it and sought treatment. Um, in terms of changes of taste with fluoxetine, I don't believe it's commonly reported, but um, Shannon and Christy have any experience with, I've never had a patient report that to me, but. I can't say I've heard that either. Mm-hmm. Um, that would probably require a little bit more um, research. Sure. Um, as I mentioned earlier, when I don't know, I don't know. I'm right. going to be very open about that, and, and it's going to require me to look that up. Um, I, I don't want to say that um, defend the provider in any way, but in a way, lots of times the providers are very busy. I, I don't think it hurts to go back and ask again, have you heard back? Maybe they just forgot. They haven't had a chance to mm-hmm. relay the message uh, but it would be a good opportunity to revisit, or you can also um, ask your pharmacist as well to about can you help me look up some side effects and see. Sometimes there can be side effects that are reported to a certain medication, and it may not necessarily be that medication. It could be completely something different. Yeah, um, I call those symptoms of life. Right, you're taking right. a medication, you have a headache, or you feel tired, or but make sure your wife talks to her doctor because there's so many. There's probably 20 different antidepressants out there that and she And that's could a good try. point, and that's what I was going to say. There are many medications in that class that uh, 
that that certainly can be tried and and maybe that side effect won't exist or maybe mm-hmm. it will improve with a different medication. Let's go back to the phones. Ken is calling from St. Paul. Ken, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yes, I want to, thank you. I wanted to ask about the medication lorazepam. What is it prescribed for and uh, does it have any adverse side effects? Yeah. Um, lorazepam um, belongs to a class of medications called benzodiazepines. Someone called uh, or texted earlier about Alprazolam or Xanax, all in the same family, um, Valium, Clonopin, or other commonly prescribed um, benzodiazepines um, uh, prescribed for anxiety. Um, my big message to people about benzodiazepines is if you're having um, if you're having to take a medication like that frequently, um, benzodiazepines are not the drug of choice for you. <laughs> talk to your talk to your doctor about getting on a medication that's not habit forming or addictive, like uh, an SSRI or an antidepressant type medication. If you're having anxiety to the point where you need to use a benzodiazepine. Um, those drugs have long-term safety issues. Um, long-term use has been associated with the development of dementia, for example. And more and more psychiatrists are saying that um, chronic benzodiazepines like lorazepam are really only indicated for um, end-stage psychiatric disease. So um, I really encourage people to try to stay away from those medications as much as possible. All right, back to the phones we go. Steve is calling from Austin with a question. Uh, go, go ahead, Steve. You're on CCO. Well, thanks for taking my call. So the reason I called is two years ago I had a heart attack, and they put me on Berlinta, and they said I could only be on it for two years, and they're going to change it over to uh, Plavix instead. And I was wondering if there's that much of a difference between Berlinta and Plavix. All right, thank you. What do you think? Um, they do work very similarly. Um, I think they have different data in terms of long-term use and when to use it. Um, if I remember correctly, I believe Berlinta oftentimes is used after you have a stent placed um, and with aspirin together. Um, this is one of the things where I do uh, find my cardiologist, PharmD, and ask for more details about it because there are times where I have seen Berlinta used longer terms, uh, but I can't, I, I don't have as much experience in that area to say that mm-hmm. this is the time to switch or can we stick with the same medication. I go to my experts in this That's situation. Right. Lucy. Yes. <laughs> Boy, we have so many questions. Uh, there was one that came in uh, earlier that I'm sure you get a lot. I know we just have about a minute, minute and a half to go. Uh, as far as other uh, forms, if they're having trouble with statins, aches and pains, whatever, what, what, what alternatives are there? Are there a lot more statins to choose from these days, or, or what's the story? Um, I think that goes to primary care, so I'll answer that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we are using statins a lot more than just you know, controlling cholesterol levels. Um, we have learned over the years that this has um, helped reduce the risk of having another heart attack or stroke. So even if your cholesterol level is normal, I've seen people who would take it. There are different types of statins, and you can definitely see a benefit even if there's something a little less potent. Um, There's different characteristics we can kind of switch around. That is definitely something I would 
talk to your provider or um, a pharmacist about to, one, first figure out all the aches and pains that you're experiencing. Is it truly the statin that is causing it? And then if it is, they would definitely stop that. But do you need the next question is, do you need to try a different statin? Would that benefit you or not? And they will help you find the, the, a better alternative for you. And we see that quite often, at least I do, that uh, patients will have uh, the aches and pains from a one statin and, mm-hmm. and they'll switch to another one at a lower dose to see if that's tolerated because the benefits from statins are, are clear and in lowering cholesterol. All right, great. Laurie, Chris, Shin, great job. Thank you very much. <laughs> that, uh, that hour plus really went by fast. Hope mm-hmm. to see you again. It's a great show. Thanks, Thanks so much. In the Twin Cities, light rain falling 45 degrees. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 